the Real Life Diabetes Podcast number 28. And you're in luck today. We've got repeat offender Kelly McKeever. We're talking all things diabetes camp and why you should go. Convenience. A little thing called diabetes is the daily grind and the daily grind. And it grinds and grinds. So Kelly McKeever was back on the show today in his usual uh, six month hiatus <laughs> form. <laughs> I'm shocked he still answers our phone calls. It's amazing because we, yeah, it's it's like it's on the calendar. It's like check in with Kelly, <laughs> see if there's something we can talk about, have him on the show. Well, and the cool thing with this one is that he's got some new perspectives that we'll share with you here in just a second as a new CDE. Yes, he he's officially a certified diabetes educator. He's been working on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that is not an easy certification to get. I mean, that test, it's pretty intense. I mean, you have to study for several months regularly hmm. already as a well-qualified person to take that test i would think so. he'd have a better advantage though as somebody with diabetes but you never know well, that's the thing you know even though you have diabetes it doesn't mean that you know how to textbook yeah that's true feel for diabetes right yeah it's tough but yeah i appreciated his knowledge that he dropped i mean he's got like 12 plus years of diabetes camp experience if you're a parent and you're interested in hearing what camp is really like and what the behind the scenes stuff comes from kelly's got it covered today yeah and he covers it from being a camper to then a counselor, to now being a part of the medical staff. So he's got all angles and a, a very valuable um, input for parents and kids. And so. Background information, we're coming off camp ourselves. We were at Camp Blue Hawk here in Oklahoma. Kelly was at Camp Injurious here in Oklahoma. So a couple options. We cover the bases. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. It's also the very end of summer. <laughs> right. Just nuts. Summer yeah. camp is over. Summer camp is over. You know, and it's interesting now that I, I kind of have a job, I have a real schedule, and I'm not just studying all the time. Right. The seasons pass by <laughs> when you're in the hospital every day. Next thing you know, you'll be wearing a Patagonia jacket. Yeah, it's true. Did we just like slot ourselves in as the people that wear Patagonia jackets? Well, I do like them. <laughs> I prefer the vest, but yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. Okay. okay. Awesome show. Glad you tuned in. Uh, before we get started... As always, we have a few announcements. Do not fast forward through this part. This is very key to this is survival. Key. This is key. And first off, everybody who stays and actually listens to this portion of the show and helps us take action on a few of these items, it is huge for us. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we're working to continue to push out content. We love doing this, and you guys are making it happen for us. And the number one way to help <laughs> is Amazon. Yes. <laughs> I think that if you listen to all these podcasts, you could probably say this along with us. All you have to do is click on the right-hand side of the, um, on, look on our website, <laughs> click on the banner uh, before you make your purchases. You, you can also bookmark it. It's really it. that simple. Didn't you say you could bookmark it too and that would automatically? Yes. Okay. Yes. So simple, that there's some change your way and keep the podcast coming. If none of that makes any sense, shoot us an email at info at diabetesdailygrind.com and, Ryan, and Amber will call Ryan you personally will. and she'll explain exactly how to do this for you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what else we got? Oh, so many people out there have diabetes, type 1 and type 2, and we would love to hear from you. So many people. Yeah, we're looking to expand the rider base. Yeah. And, I mean, we're, we're continuing to put out more stories, but if you have a real story that's different, it's out of the box, it's how you live your life with diabetes, we want to share it. So Shoot us an email, info at diabetesdailygrind.com, and we will send you the details. We're recording this show on August 14th, okay? And oh. the 14th of every month Sorry, is, now, is now a special day. 
Yeah. Because li- we're starting a campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with all pe- people with diabetes, we're asking you to liberate your lancet. Liberate. What is lancet. that you ask? <laughs> it's called changing out your lancet. It, all, it, we're making small steps here because for some of us, changing out your lancet every six months is a huge accomplishment. Right. So we're making it a monthly commitment. So on the 14th of every month, we're asking all of our show listeners to liberate the Lancet. So when you do this, just use hashtag liberate the Lancet. Put it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And we're going to track this. And we're going to laugh about it. And because it's good for our fingers. We're, it's I mean, good for our fingers. And we're not getting paid by any Lancet company. We may increase their sales. But I mean, let's be honest. Anybody with diabetes probably has... 4,000 plus lancets laying around. That was the exact number I was thinking about. Really? It's in my 4, closet. 000. Yeah, 4,000. I'm looking at the fishbowl and it's, uh, there's a lot. Yeah, we're also, we may have to do a competition. Amber's got this fishbowl that has a bunch of lancets in it. We may have like an online guessing contest and then the winner gets a t shirt. Who the hell's going to count all of them? Well, whoever gets closest. Yeah, you're, ah, it's, your, it's your lancet bowl. No, we'll, we'll do it together. We'll split it up and. I'll give you a have baggie fun. and say good luck. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, okay, anyhow. Share some drinks while we do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so check that out. Liberate the Lancet. Uh, you can get in on it in September. This show is probably going to release at the beginning of September anyway. Mm. End of August. End of August, so. yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. Let's. We're excited for the show today. It's yeah. good having Kelly back. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. Totally comfortable here. What flavor was the Gluco tab? Grape. Grape? They are good. Did you see she's just now into the, the gluco tabs? Yeah, how, did that, how did you just recently get into that? <laughs> 30 years to learn. Dude, I feel like Kelly and I lived on gluco tabs through football. Yeah. I, I would eat like five of practice. I'm thinking glucose Easy. tab over Skittles. I'm going to eat Skittles. I mean, yeah. Well, Skittles just don't work as fast. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the I thing know. I learned this we've, recently. We've had this talk about it. There's definitely like a, yeah. a speed factor there that really, especially for us, really factored in. Yeah, we, we needed it At the quick. conference that I just went to, the children with diabetes in Orlando, they had like fish bowls everywhere of glucotabs. It was like a, everybody was grabbing it. Was oh, I'm funny. sure. I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Whenever you get a room full of people with type 1 diabetes together. Yeah. <laughs> Every, we need to like crack a top. Everybody crack a, a gluc- yeah, anywho. Okay. Yeah, if if I ever have an office one day, in a traditional sense, it'd be nice to have the little bowl out front just full of all kinds of different flavors of gluco tabs. Yeah. Just so nobody else eats them, and it's just, I can just eat them. <laughs> My favorite thing yeah. about getting to camp, like the very first thing, is the first time someone's pump goes off, everybody looks down and tries to figure out, oh, was that, was that my pump that just went off? Oh, dude, it's the most unnerving experience ever when you hear that, like, subtle Medtronic <laughs> alarm yeah. in the back. <laughs> it's like, oh. Here we go. It's kind of nice, though. All right, so we're all returning somewhat from a diabetes camp-related experience. Uh, Kelly's had the vast majority of real experience. You attended camp as a kid. Yep, correct. Yep, attended camp for three years as a kid, as a camper. Okay, so you attended. You counselored camp for how many years now? Uh, counselor for probably from 18 to 22, 23. Is counselored wow. a word? It, very much accurate word. I ca- Absolutely. I, ca- I counselored. I didn't counsel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Provided counsel while, while counseloring. Yeah. So I was, I was a counselor for five years, um, I think, and then last three years as med staff. 
Oh, cool. Oh, oh. you yeah. turned. I mean, you're. That's so different. Yeah, did it's, med it's, stuff. It's way different now. Now you're really responsible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> responsible. That's the word I'd go with. <laughs> Dude, we need to give you a huge shout out too, because I, I believe a, a congratulations is in order for Kelly. Why? Officially. A CDE. That's right. Oh, that's right. Finally Yay. passed my test on June 10th, so I'm good to go. Huge congrats. <laughs> Huge congrats. And How now many? you're officially a CDE, even though you've been a CDE in heart exactly. for no. decades. I'm, I'm now allowed and certified to do what I've been doing for, I don't know, the past 10 years or so. All right. So what, what kind of windows or opportunities is this open now? In um, comparison, it, it just makes the doors that were already open a little bit more open. Oh, awesome. Doesn't really open up, open up anything new. Um, it just gives you a much better opportunity to get the jobs that you're, that you're actually going out for. Um, when I applied for the job that I have now, my big thing was I didn't have my certification. I didn't have any mm -hmm. real clinical experience doing diabetes education, mm -hmm. even though I've worked with it and had it, you know, myself for, you know, at that point, um, 11 years. So, um, it's just one of those things that it, it's just the writing on the wall. It makes it apparent to everybody that you are actually qualified to be able to do it. You know, there's plenty right. of nurses and dietitians all over that are qualified to teach about diabetes and everything like that, whether they have that certification or not. But that just lets the world know I'm a big deal. Just as soon as somebody <laughs> sees the letters after your name, it just gives so much more credence to all the previous experience. Right. It well, just it probably quantifies it. Increases your paycheck too. Has not increased the paycheck technically. <laughs> um, well, somebody needs I, to do, I do something. I do get to apply for certification pay. I just haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. So I could get a could get a decent little bonus if like I your years put out. In the paperwork. Exactly. Yeah, it's several months out. Exactly. And so for the listener that hasn't, uh, or, or is a new tune in listener to the show, uh, Kelly, this is uh, your your record third appearance. I'm, I'm just show, correct? Oh, that's third? right. Yeah, I'm just third. trying to be a big deal. I'm basically the Michael Phelps of your podcast. <laughs> You're the only one that's been <laughs> dumb enough to come back. <laughs> I like punishment. I don't Sweet know enough I, to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the heart <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. It's like every 10 episodes, Kelly's on the show, <laughs> for sure. We need to make that just a standard. So you guys are getting in a few months. Make that happen. We'll schedule it out in like January. Yeah, I think that's the last time we did. Yeah, it was, it was um, the naughty or nice list. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, last December. Yeah. So welcome back. All right. It's good to be back. God, yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. And at that point, you were back, you were um, giving injections. Uh, yeah, I was, I was doing injections for a little while. And literally the day that I got back on my pump, my blood sugars just flatlined compared to where they'd wow. been. It was, yeah. it was, I mean, I, and I did okay on injections. I didn't hate it by any means. But the day that I got back on my pump, it was just that much better. And what pump do you use? Um, I still use the Medtronic 723. Um, I don't have the updated, you know, integrated C and mm -hmm. CGM or anything like that. I mean, I have the option for it, but um, not the one that recently came out with it with the threshold suspend and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And just recently, Medtronic has their, their next one coming out now, the 630G. So I saw that. What are the next features on the 630G? Um, really, actually, not much is going to change in terms of features for us. Um, over in Europe, they actually have a feature that, that stops basal delivery prior to a low blood sugar um, for about 30 minutes and that's not going to be on this particular model I guess just due to FDA's restrictions or something like that um, but it's still going to have the threshold suspend it's just going to have an updated look to the meter um, I think is probably the biggest thing okay in that I have a question on that like if I wanted to get a pump from Europe because it'll have that feature can I do that um, is that illegal <laughs> 
I wouldn't say it's illegal. Uh, Frowned yeah. upon? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something you can probably do if you go. I don't think you can get it from Europe here. If you went over to Europe, you could probably get one. Interesting. And then just come back with it. I might be flying somewhere. Maybe we, we, had a, we had a patient recently who was on, um, not, not one that I saw, but one that was admitted to the hospital. And they were on all, all types of just different insulins because they came from a foreign country. Right. So oh. wow. none of the hospitalists knew what the heck the person was taking. Wow. That's a trip, actually. So, what country were they from? Do you, can you? Um, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but they were on insulins. Names were written in English, but they just Different were ones kinds. that the the doctors were at all familiar with. I would never have even thought of that. Yeah, that is that's interesting. <laughs> So same same basic thing with the pump. I mean, all the pumps are pretty much the same. You'll get a different kind of look from, uh, um, you know, from different countries, and some mm-hmm. of them may be a little bit different. But you know, like I said, they're in the in your in Europe, they're a little bit more liberal with features and things like that that they allow. Versus over here, it's a little bit more strictly controlled. So I gotta throw something out just because I, I, everybody knows I don't. I've never had a pump, and I met with a person that um, I was learning about the Omnipod. And so I was really fascinated by that system. And essentially, if I understand it correctly, it's a tubeless pump. Right. It can hold up to 72 hours worth of insulin. I think maybe that's wrong. It was like 200 units. It, it'll last for 72 hours. 72 hours. Um, it'll hold up to 200 units, right. And here's the thing. And so he was pulling out the other contraption. That is that's a lot you, of units. Yeah. It, yeah. It, for some people. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, well, in comparison to like, you know, Medtronic, it's not that far off right. from their one reservoir, right. one big reservoir. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that I, so I, when he pulled out the other contraption, I was like, well, that's an extra cell phone. Why don't we have an app on a regular phone to be able to dial it up? And he, you know, he said something that really struck me. He was like, because people could hack into your phone and administer insulin and kill you. Right. Now the likelihood of that is obviously pretty low. <laughs> right. I'm like, you know. if somebody really wants to take me out, that's a hell of a way to go. But, but at the same time, it is something that's, that's, that's the FDA's big concern with that kind of stuff is the Man. theoretical possibility of it. Yeah, because if the president ever had type 1 diabetes. Well, just just now, right now, uh, the new you, prime minister yeah. in, the U- in the UK has, or I guess in England, not necessarily just the UK, because it's not so much that anymore. Um, but um, yeah, so she has type 1 diabetes. and Yeah, so. that was a big thing on the like social media. Yeah. Is that the most prominent person with type 1 diabetes ever? Yes, I believe. Um, so. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I would say probably. Probably um, so. Yeah. Unless, unless, unless Jay Cutler is really up there for you. Jay Cutler means a lot. Yeah. At the diabetes camp we were at, uh, I saw a kid walking around in a Jay Cutler jersey. Did you really? Yeah, the kid was 10 years old, and I was like, man, that kid gets it. Nice. Jay Cutler's the man. <laughs> People listening to the show at home are like, I hate Jay Cutler. <laughs> That's, Jay Cutler's awesome. I, I like his approach. I just like to consider, you know, every time he throws a touchdown pass, and you see him walk <laughs> off the field with no expression on his face. I just, I just, I really hope his blood sugar is like 58 when he does it. You know? I, I don't know that that man has ever smiled <laughs> on purpose or on accident. I, I, I just love it. Yeah. It's great. Well, so, okay, the, let's go, let's get into the camp talk, talk shall camp. we? Yep. Um, so you switched this year. You're now on the med team. Yeah. Well, I've been doing that for like two or three years now. Okay. So, but you're still a counselor at the same time? Not really. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like a, like a tweener. Um, I, Best I, of both worlds? I, exactly. So I have to do the medical staff portion of it. But at the same time, as a medical staff member, I get to do whatever I want to do. If I want to go to the activities with the kids or anything like that, I can. So um, I usually just kind of pick one cabin to kind of buddy up with for a while and, and go hang out with them. Um, so I usually get a pretty comprehensive 
you know, experience with all the kids and everything like that. Well, and I wanted to talk about, okay, so the camp that we were at, the kids were ages, I don't remember, 8 to 12 or... I would say yeah, probably like eight to fourteen, maybe ten to fourteen. So, there, and the reason I'm asking this is because a lot of the counselors, I mean, they were testing people's blood sugars and making sure that they were administered. So there was a lot of newbies. So the I felt like the med staff and the counselors had a higher level of responsibility. Excuse me, responsibility necessarily. So, do you have to do that? Um, so the way our camp is structured, we've got medical staff team members that work on. Um, figuring out insulin adjustments and stuff like that. So that's my big responsibility. Nice. Um, the actual counselors are the ones that are in the cabins with the kids, make sure they're testing their blood sugars, everything like that. The majority of our counselors actually have type 1 diabetes. Oh, wow. So it's a big deal. Um, even though they aren't necessarily medically, medically trained or anything like that, they have the practical, practical experience that if something happens, they know what to do. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, we, we have an infirmary on, on campus, so we're never far away if they need us or anything like that. So you've got the counselors who are, are doing the daily maintenance, but their job is not to be looking at the campers from this tower and making adjustments. That's really more the medical stuff. Like, hey, okay, we've seen two mornings in a row. This kid's woken up and his blood sugar's 50. Right. <laughs> yeah, is there something we can do the night before? And that's really the medical staff's job. Yeah, that, that's, okay. that's our job in terms of insulin adjustments, whether it's at meal times, basal adjustments, all that kind of stuff. So... Um, definitely something that we get a lot of practice at in terms of looking for patterns, looking for stuff like that, and trying to figure it out. We had it. We actually, our second camp, we had a girl who, you know, her records indicated that she was given bolses at one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I, I talked to her and I said, "Is there something? Is there anything that's going on? Or are you doing okay?" Because she was. She was waking up low every morning, um, but her pump was actually twelve hours off. So all of her 1 p.m. boluses were showing up at 1 a.m. And her (laughs) highest basal rate was being given, you know, in the middle of the night. Wow. Um, And she came into camp like that. So once we got that taken care of, the, I think that was the second morning that that we got that taken care of and looked at it, everything, her blood sugars from that point on were just fine. Oh, wow. That's, wow. Just little things like that that, you know, parents don't realize Mm -hmm. that their kids don't have a great understanding of these pumps sometimes. And some Mm -hmm. of them do, some of them don't. You know, each kid's completely different, but, um, you know, she was just like, I promise I'm not giving insulin in the middle of the night. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but because you've worn a pump and you've dealt with time zones and you've dealt with that kind of stuff before, that your troubleshooting algorithm probably got to that a lot quicker than parents could. Right. So, that, you know, parents probably would have <laughs> never realized that, you know, that's what's going on. They probably never even would have think to look in the bolus history and all that kind of stuff to figure out, you know, when is she given insulin? Is she given insulin the way that we, you know, we're kind of planning on? Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff that kids will try to do. Some will, you know, seek attention with that kind of stuff just because the, the, the way it is at home, they're the kid with diabetes. They're the, the exception to the rule. They're the one that's kind of special. You know, when they get to camp, you know, that's the exact opposite hope is that everybody feels normal. Right. You know, and with some kids, not a lot, but with some, that lack of, you know, being special causes them sometimes to act out and figure out a way to get some more attention. By having low blood sugars? Yeah. That is a trip. So some kids will do that. And, you know, that wasn't really my, cons- I didn't think that was what she was doing. But at the right. same time, you know, I mean, I don't know her from Adam. So yeah. I had to figure out what was her, I guess, Eve for her. Um, <laughs> so I had to figure out kind of what was going on. And I just looked through her pump wow. and, you know, figured out something wasn't quite right. Okay, let's talk about that really quick. I've never in my life thrown in a hypo to draw attention to myself. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I never wanted anybody to know. So have you guys ever done, thrown a wrench in things like that? Never intentionally. I've no, had plenty no. of lows that have 
drawn attention. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah they come naturally. Why would I try to fake it? But no, I mean, I've never, and, and I, I've always been a person that right from my diagnosis, I was very comfortable with having diabetes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said before, I grew up knowing, you know, five or six people, one grade above or below me that had it. So it wasn't a big deal to me. For right. some kids, it might be. Right. I, I never had that kind of mentality with it. I, you know, I think I could see how that would be a possibility for, for people, especially in a big family. Yeah. Like, say you had like five siblings. Ryan, did I you mean, ever for do me, it? I, I had an only child. I was in, <laughs> I was in no shortage of attention. Yeah, yeah, I was right. only, I was only child. From, from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I could see that happening. I mean, I mean, there's just... I mean, every family dynamic's different. Yeah. And so type 1 diabetes doesn't seek out just kids that have great resources at home and have great stability right it's random and so i mean if you already have somebody who's at risk for behavior like that right i feel like diabetes could just amplify that yeah it gives them a a perfect platform to be able to seek attention if they choose to use it that way we are not encouraging that i'm going to say that right now but if you have kids with type 1 diabetes look out for behaviors like that because sometimes it can be intentional with what they're doing so say you guys have identified that at camp what would that what would the conversation be or um, would there be a talk what would go on after that usually there's some sort of a talk like i said with her i just kind of sat her down and i said you know are are you giving insulin in the middle of the night do you remember doing anything like that is this something maybe that's happening and you're not aware of it mm. um and she you know she was dead set against it she said no there's, there's no chance that i'm doing that um whenever we notice that a kid is doing that we try to you know get down to the root cause of you know why they would do that right um one of the things that we don't have all the time, but we have um, in past years had is we usually have someone who is, you know, some kind of a clinical social worker or something like that who can deal with kind of the mental health side. Right. Uh, this year, I don't think we did, but, you know, every once in a while, you know, when there's a kid that that uses diabetes to draw attention, you know, there's a good, it, it definitely helps to have someone like that on staff to kind of talk to them about, you know, why they may do that. Is it something that, you know, happens at home that, you know, that's the reason they're doing it or, or, you know, a lack of attention at home or lack of attention here versus at home. Um, and then if we can kind of figure out why, then we can help them kind of sort of deal with, you know, what, what might need to happen in the future. Right. So I got to just kind of throw a wrench in things because giving insulin in the middle of the night, I've been, uh, I just read about this, Ryan and I've talked about it. I get my Atlantis shot at 5.41 a.m. Right. Um, I had been sleepwalking. I, I still haven't figured out why this is. This, <laughs> it this seems happens, to but, yeah. So an alarm goes off, and it lets me know to get up. And so after I give my shot, I keep the pin needle, and it's on the side of the sink. So when I actually get up, I know that I've done it. Anywho, so I've been sleepwalking one week. There was twice where I gave it in the middle of the night, and when my alarm went off, the needle was sitting there. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, you know, what's going on? Then one night, I just totally bypassed that, and the next morning there were two needles. <laughs> so I gave, it's going to be fun. I was like, I've got 22, 23 units. If I dialed up correctly, I mean, God knows how much I gave. Yeah, which is, I'm not, I mean, it was horrible. Anywho, I've got it under control. I had to keep my Lantus pin now in my bedroom, not keep it in the bathroom. Keep it under lock and key. Kind of. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. But that was an interesting. I don't, I've never double dosed. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm always surprised at how amazing the body can really function on autopilot. Um, whenever I was in college and if I had, you know, had too much to drink or something like that, there have been times where I've done an entire pump site change whenever I got home. <laughs> Absolutely. Wake good. up the next morning yeah. and be like, I could have sworn I had like 12 units when I went to bed last night. <laughs> I thought I was going to wake up way high. And, you know, I mean, when your body just knows what to do, sometimes it does it. Well, that's Fine. the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, it sorts yeah. it out. 
Oh, that's yeah. Thank goodness. I yeah, mean, that could that could have been a, a not an ideal situation. What was the first time in my adulthood that I purchased Skittles? So I was sprinkling Skittles throughout the day. I was just like, four, I'm going to eat four Skittles right now. <laughs> didn't you say you, you didn't have to take any? I didn't give any insulin that any day. Any insulin for any meals. Yeah. Correct? That's correct. Hmm. And I didn't feel terribly hard. <laughs> sounds like hard. a great day. <laughs> I mean, it was good. And I worked out in the pool with my friends and everything. So Maybe maybe you should just go, <laughs> no, go with I'm that as your sure. daily regimen from here forward. I don't want to try that again. It was too stressful. I Modern was, day NPH. Actually, yeah. the stress is probably what was keeping your blood sugar up. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, the stress of so. bottoming out. Yeah. Anywho. So, um, yeah. You know, it's really funny after you said that, you know, because I've been on injections now for like three weeks. I just switched back mainly because of just insurance issues and I had a, a mm. lot of free long-term insulin to yeah. use. And I was like, oh, let's try it. And I think I accidentally did that too. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I think How'd I did it do? once too. I will. I did it at night, and I've been on Levamir, so I've been taking, you know, uh, two, right? Like one at night, one in the morning, right? After what you talked about on one of the shows, and I was like, oh, this works a lot better. And so I did it, and I, it was like dinner time. I got home. I guess whenever I got home from school, I just immediately gave a shot. Totally forgot about it. An hour later, gave myself another <laughs> shot. And I was like, oh God, I did do it. Yeah. Like, man, where's the where's my awareness at? Where's well, the mindfulness? And, and, so and that's one of the yeah, it that, worked out okay. That's one of the things when you're doing injections, you don't have that you know counter of you know when, when I gave my last injection. Yeah. Yep. And that's probably the biggest benefit, especially for me, in, in terms of pump therapy over mm-hmm. injections. Oh, no doubt. I have a to- I have a horrible short term memory. I mean, I just absolutely terrible. So you know, doing injections, things like that, I'll I'll forget that I gave an injection. You know, ten minutes later and re-give the, you know, Novolog Humalog, and then my blood sugar tanks. So um, just never a fun situation. I had, a, I had a low recently where I had blood sugar 25, and I really only checked it because I was about to eat some, um, with a, a little, not a, Mentos. I was going to eat a mm-hmm. little thing of Mentos. Oh, yeah. And Dude, that's the only reason, that's only reason I checked awesome. my blood sugar was yeah. to see, you know, how much insulin I would need to give. Yeah. And I... Looked down, my blood sugar was 25, which was, you know, off the bat already not ideal. <laughs> and I looked at my pump, and I had like 15 units of active insulin. And I was like, oh, embrace okay. for the apocalypse. Yeah, so I just I just, just knew it was coming. Um, so I I chugged two or three Fantas, and I, I gave my mom the glucagon kit, and just told her, you know, hey, be be ready. I don't need you right now. And you but, said this to her while your blood sugar is 25. Yeah, I, isn't, I, I've isn't been crazy. I've been yeah. pretty good about like even with pretty bad low blood sugars, most of the time remaining somewhat cognizant of what's going on i've never had those where i'm just completely apart from one that i don't remember um, Mm -hmm. where i was barking at my best friend that's the only one that i can think of where i just (laughs) truly was not in a right mind ryan and i just had a (laughs) conversation about this we did we did yeah we did i was a little low i was coming home but i didn't really know i didn't know i was low right i was talking to amber on the phone on the drive home and he was like i think i I didn't know i was low." low until we started talking and i was like oh i'm definitely low but then we tried to continue the conversation, and it just wasn't going anywhere. There were some belligerent things said. Yeah, I, it's the first time I've ever said. I was like, Ryan, I, I need you to call me back. Get it under control. And but even whenever, even whenever I came back, I was like, well, Amber was still being belligerent too. Yeah. So I was like really hesitant to actually apologize. But then I was like, you know, I should probably apologize. You shouldn't have to apologize. I mean, this kind no, of stuff no, no, happens. No, it was, but... it was, it was good. No, but I'm, I'm glad that you knew me well enough to be like, hey, call me back. And we could start this over again. Well, here's the funny thing. This isn't working for me right now. I, well, so. When I asked him, I was like, "There's, don't you have your emergency sugar in the car? And he was like, yes. But I only have this one type that's not vegan, so I won't eat it. And I'm like, it's time to eat it, dude. It's time. 
<laughs> well, I was like, I was like two minutes away from my house. So yeah. it was, it was okay. It worked. Anywho, out. it was funny. Anywho, we all, yeah, yeah, the lows. The lows. And yeah. so, good I, friends. Good yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. Good friends. Camp, um, it was funny because we were doing that, we were emceeing the uh, award show and you could hear every once in a while a pump go off. And it, yeah. it was just like you said, everybody kind of looks around like, oh, wait, that, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What a trip. Hey everyone, I'm at the grocery store, sorting through all the almond milks to find one with no sugar added. And it made me think of the way that most people do their shopping these days, through Amazon. All right, just wanted to go ahead and remind everyone of the best way to support the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. All you gotta do is click on the Amazon banner out on the right side of our homepage, okay, and buy your Amazon items there. Just go to diabetesdailygrind.com, okay, click on our site first, that Amazon ad on the right side, and then Amazon will send us a commission based off of whatever you buy. Doesn't matter what it is. And that helps our show keep grinding out the episodes. All right, let's get back to the show. Tell me, sugar mama, what's your A1C? Are you into endocrinology? Pricker is a pricker and the pumping is pumping. Beats like Wilford Brimley keep coming, but officer, I ain't been drinking. To give a bit of a backdrop on camp, yeah, Kelly's got like years of experience and Amber and I were there for like a total of 12 hours. Yeah. It was like a snapshot yeah. of what camp life was like in our first time to see diabetes camp. And so, yeah, just an overview. We were at, we were at Camp Blue Hawk, uh, which is a smaller camp in Oklahoma. Uh, so basically, there's a couple of camps now right. available for people and mm-hmm. throughout Oklahoma. And Camp Andrus is the camp that you've spent and that's been around for yeah, 20 plus it, years. It, uh, long, long time ago, it used to be called No, no Keto. Um, been Camp Andrus for quite a while now. Um, I've been going for 13 straight years, um, haven't missed a session and I fought my mom tooth and nail about it. I did not want to go to camp whenever, oh, whenever I found out about it and I was like, it's just gonna be a bunch of sick kids and I'm, it's just gonna be awful. Um, <laughs> sick kids like me. <laughs> yeah. So I get to camp and you know, it was definitely nothing like that. I fell in love with it instantly and I have not missed a single session that I've been eligible to go to well, since then. That's, let's talk to that, the parents that are wondering or the kids that are thinking about it and kind of are on the fence. What what impact did having like as a tra- as a kid going to camp? What did it have on your life? Um, so I mean, if I think back to camp whenever it started versus you know me me and my life right now, um, my anywhere from five to seven best friends um, probably are people that I went to camp with, um, wow. and it's just one That's of those incredible. things where you have the ability to create such a strong bond with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, going through, through football, you know, was something that me and Ryan got to do together. And as, as you know, from doing that, you know, you create some kind of a brotherhood, mm-hmm. same kind of thing with, you know, other people who are going through a similar process as you with, with type one diabetes, they understand things that the general public isn't going to understand. Even your family yeah. aren't going to understand <laughs> certain situations that you're, that you're going through. Whereas the people that you meet at camp have that ability to really truly empathize with what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, growing up, I had a good support system, but there are plenty of kids who are the only kid in their town, um, you yeah. know, a small town who gets diagnosed with diabetes. And, you know, they may have one other person in that town that has type two diabetes who it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, and having that support system as you grow up and as you go into your teen years, especially, I mean, that's just a tough time for anybody. Mm-hmm. You throw type one diabetes in that situation and it's just a nightmare. Well, how many kids go to the the camp that you were at? So the first camp that we had, um, we have three separate camps throughout the summer. We have Camp Nohilo, which is for the really little kids. Mm -hmm. um, And then we have um, Camp Endress Junior and Senior. So the first camp that we had throughout for for, uh, the older kids was Camp Endress Senior. Um, And we had 
69 kids at that one. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. Our second camp, which is Camp Andrews Jr., we had 57 kids. So wow. a total of about 126, 116 I'm not good at math, so. Do, does the ho- you know that last digit somewhere in that neighborhood? <laughs> the um, do do the kids have to pay to go to camp? Yeah, so there's definitely a fee that that comes along with it, just because you know the the organization that puts it on, which is Diabetes Solutions of Oklahoma, has to you know rent all that out, pay a lot yeah. of money for not only supplies but the campground, everything like that. I mean, yeah. It's a camp. I mean, there's uh, a lot that goes into that. So, I mean, I think the total fee is somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five hundred dollars, but. Almost every kid that comes to camp is on some sort of a scholarship, whether right. it's from a donation from their family and friends and neighbors, whether yeah. it's from, you know, through the actual organization, because we do get a lot of, a lot of grant money that, that goes into helping and pay for, pay for a lot of the, the, the costs that are So if somebody wanted to make a donation they, um, to send a kid to camp, they could. Oh correct? yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, you want to give a little quick plug as to where they would, what they would do? Best place that I, I don't know the exact link on the website, but Diabetes Solutions of Oklahoma is the organization. Mm-hmm. Their website's dsok.net. Okay. And chances are, you know, whether it's, I don't know if there's a link on there that says sponsor a camper or anything like that. But even if you sign up for a camp, if you pay, you have the option to pay like the full portion. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, even in this, uh, even in this, we have another one coming up for adults in September the total cost for each camper is $185. Does it the, include booze? The subsidized rate, it does not. Um, <laughs> subsidized rate is 115 um, oh, cool. So okay. you know, it's 115 oh, yeah. for for every person that signs up, mm-hmm. and they can choose to pay a, up, up to 185 and that $85 mm-hmm. then goes in as a donation to help out other people to, to, to pay, or $75. I think that, oh, that's wonderful, that, um, and I hope that people are doing that. The um, Camp Blue Hawk... Um, the kids go for free. So, and do they apply or do they choose? I think, I, I think there's an application process, but I, I think it's available. I think it's available to basically anybody that would want, I think the goal, I think it's capped right now Yeah. as to, as to who can go. But I think in each camp, I think offers different options. Yeah. So I think Blue Hawk has a different emphasis than what Andrus does. Right. I think there's different focuses. Sure. And so I, I just like the idea because I didn't go to camp. But I think if, if I was a kid and I had like a choice and I could compare options, yeah, then I think it would have been, I, I would have appreciated that yeah, to like yeah. see that there's different focuses and different options for different camps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, and we've actually it, had pretty cool. Um, I know for sure. One of the girls that goes to our um, senior camp was at, cause I saw just pictures from Camp Blue Hawk um, either this year or last year, she was at Camp Blue Hawk as well. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. um, so, I mean, it's definitely a, a great resource regardless of which camp you end up going to. Yep. Um, you know, just being at a camp with other kids who have type 1 diabetes can really change the way that you look at all that stuff for you. Oh, no doubt. And I think it's just reaching more kids, too. Because mm-hmm. obviously not every kid that has type 1 diabetes in Oklahoma is going to camp. Right. Yeah. And I think that well, would there's, be there's eventually be the goal. I, I, mm-hmm. I, met, I met a girl recently who was 21 who has had type 1 for you know, 10 years and she's never gone to any kind of a camp before. I've never been to camp. Ryan's never been to camp. Yep. I didn't even know camp was there. (laughs) Yeah. And, and honestly, it's one of the things I just really wish I would have gone to as a kid. Yeah. Looking back and seeing it and been involved in other camp experiences outside of diabetes. It's like, man, this would have been incredible because I see like the friends that you have, Kelly, that that you're like so tight with. I feel like that, that bond is something that would have been so valuable because your family doesn't always get it. Yeah. And I love my family, but it's not even fair to make them try to get it. Right. It's so much easier if you would have just had somebody that was like right there. That's Kelly. a text away. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, hey, 
my blood sugar is 500 right now, and I don't know why. Oh, I, I get Snapchats all the time of numbers that say 32 or yeah. 565. Yeah. And Kelly, didn't you did you score a girlfriend out of this deal? Um, for a period of time, yeah. Uh, we we have since broken up. But no, I'm sorry. No, it's just yeah, it was T1D love. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, there's plenty of we have uh, two counselors that are a little bit younger than me right now who you know just recently got married. Oh. Um, we've got plenty of plenty of love stories that have have come from camp. Um, definitely not an uncommon no thing to have happen. No, no pregnancies, kidding. especially at camp. None, none at camp. If they Sorry. happen, otherwise, there's no problems with that. Yeah, that's not, that's fine. That's to- totally fine. Exactly. I feel like if you, were, if <laughs> I've always thought about this, if I was, if I was married to someone that had type one, whether or not that that would be a more enjoyable experience, if it would like make my diabetes more honest. Like taking care of it, if there'd be more empathy, less empathy of, of I, what was uh, going I, think I, think I think at different moments there's both. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, even just the, the the time that I was, you know, with my girlfriend that had that had type one also. Um, you know, there were definitely moments where you know, if you're low, you know, you're low, just deal with it. But at the same time, you <laughs> know, I understand that it's not fun. So if you need something, just let me know. Yeah, but That's you cool. know, there is definitely like a little bit of a personal responsibility of it. I mean, nobody's going to baby you, especially if they know that it's not really that bad to have a blood sugar of 55. <laughs> right. You know, yep. just get up and deal with it. I don't just quit sitting there. I feel like it'd be tough. I mean, if I ever get married, I want to, that may be where I throw in that I have type 1 diabetes card. Like, I was really grouchy because my blood sugar was low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But it, I honestly think if the other person also had diabetes, they would get that. Right. A little yeah. bit more. And I think that's really, that kind they of a cool thing it, about it. I would get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More good than bad, probably. I would say much for the most good. part, definitely more good than bad. Yeah, much more good. Yeah. So let's talk about some more camp stuff. So um, I cried through part of the camp. Shocking, I'm sure. But seeing those kids um, interact with each other and the camaraderie and um, it, 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 you could see the value in it. It, t- it totally touched my heart and hearing them. Yeah. And encouraging each other, um, not about diabetes necessarily, but have the confidence to get on stage or um, be themselves. And yeah, the, anywho, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how quickly kids can come together and just create a family out of nothing. Right. And, you know, within a matter of seven days, you know, they're crying whenever they're leaving. Um, this year in particular for me was definitely an emotional one. Um, this was the first year that I've had. So like whenever I started as a counselor, mm-hmm. I had a particular group of kids. And I've essentially, as a counselor, followed them even up with as being on med staff every year that they've been at camp. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was the first year that I've had a group of kids go from pretty much their first year all the way to their last year whenever they had to kind of graduate out of camp. Um, So that was... That was emotional for me. Did you cry? I did. Yeah. (laughs) During the award show for us also, um, kids started getting up and just saying, you know, I just want to say how important this camp is and all this stuff. And Mm. I just instantly tears started coming. I was like, I hate all of you right now. This is not cool. (laughs) (laughs) I cried like a little baby. (laughs) I got tickled in how the kids, okay, so everybody's, we're carb counting, we're, and Ryan and I were engaging some of the kids when we were sitting um, at dinner one night and um, we get up to do the MC whatever and I was trying to just strike up a conversation with the kids. And I was like, hey, dinner tonight was a baked potato. And this and like, how many carbs? And they're like, everybody shouted out the exact number. And I'm like, how did you know that? You know, because I had no idea. Right. <laughs> I was questioning it. And they're like, it was on the board. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even see it. But, you know, just that type of the kids. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
did you see any, I think the, probably the most valuable thing is the peer to peer learning yeah. back and forth and the modeling, right? Just like seeing how other ways of, of doing it. Do you, do you recall any stories of, of like camp this year or years before where you, you just thought like, wow, like they're actually learning from each other? Um, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, especially in the cabins, you've got kids that, you know, have different levels of intellect and, and knowledge about diabetes and everything like that. Um, and there's always, you know, going to be some little thing here and there. Cause we do education sessions with the kids throughout the week as well. They get two medical sessions, two nutrition sessions, and then a mental health session. Oh, um, wow. so when it comes to, uh, you know, education, you know, there's definitely a lot of, you know, during those sessions, we'll ask questions or something like that, and they'll argue, and they'll say, no, this is why the answer is right. Um, so there's definitely, I mean, mm. we do plenty of education, but we try to let those kids take it as much as we can um, and, you know, help help each other teach each other um, because there are plenty of kids there. We have one kid who uh, he's, this was his last year. Um, his brother actually has type 1 diabetes also, and is he's a med school student as well. So you might know him. Do you know Ideen Tabatabai? I do. Yeah. yeah. So I've he, been he, looking to get Ideen on the show at his, some point. Oh, he would yeah. love it. He would be a hoot to have on here. Dude, he's right. He's had plenty of low blood sugars <laughs> himself, and he's got wonderful <laughs> stories, a couple of which I've been a part of. Excellent. Um, yep. But his younger brother is, you know, just like Ideen, a very smart kid. So when it comes to, like, going through these education sessions, I could just about hand it over to <laughs> hand it over to his brother and just let him take the wheel and let him do the teaching because he's a very smart kid. So when it comes to, you know, in the cabin between activities and between, you know, medical sessions and nutrition sessions, those are the kind of kids that, you know, kind of take it upon themselves to do a little bit of education and kind of say, you know, actually this is why that's kind of that way. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the way I was too whenever I was younger because um, diabetes was something that always interested me and it was something that, I, you know, very quickly kind of fell in love with. So I loved learning about it and, and getting to teach about it, even as, you know, before I did this for a living. There's not very many opportunities in life where you are like the expert that's looked to right. for advice. And I feel like <laughs> diabetes camp is perfect for that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. A, it's always a good feeling knowing that you're valued. Okay. Well, let me say, cause we always say that, I mean, we're experts in hopefully, you know, overseeing our own bodies. Do you ever have kids that, um, challenge you oh yeah oh definitely um man Ideen's brother in particular um so he was one that uh you know our biggest goal at camp he's he's 18 now okay so our biggest goal at camp is to make sure that these kids are safe okay that's that's first and foremost um so whenever it comes to insulin dosing we have to take into account a lot of factors we have to take into account you know what's the night's activity how much do you think you're going to play um how much did you eat at this meal do you know your carb count all that kind of stuff and for the most part you know there's a little bit of back and forth Mm -hmm. you know with each kid you know do you think this dose is appropriate um how do you feel about it are you comfortable with that and he's one all the time that we'll we'll butt heads and he'll be like i think i want to take this instead and you know there's been a couple times where i just had to be like all right you know, take what take what you feel comfortable with. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, because yeah. really, re- realistically, right. a lot of these kids do know, especially if they pay attention and they are someone who's right. cognizant and very aware of it. And you know, he's definitely one of them. Who uh, you know, they they know their bodies really well. Some kids don't. Some kids right. don't pay attention at all to what's happening. Um, and those are the kids that you know we're a lot more important for. But anytime a kid takes the initiative to, you know, this is what I think I want to bolus and this is how mm-hmm. much I think I want to give based on this is my reasoning, I'm always going to listen to that kid right. and give them an opportunity to, to be a part of that decision making because that creates a much easier opportunity for them once they get out of the camp setting and once they're an adult um, figuring out how to dose for certain situations and things like that. Well, and getting them to trust their own bodies and their decisions. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody needs education, but... 
you got to, I mean, you, you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't follow these kids around. I wish, wish I could. I love them all to death. Well, and some parents do. I mean, there are some parents that are so on top of it that they are, I've watched anywho, uh, telling them exactly what to give. And the kid was arguing, this wasn't at this camp. It was at a, another event, but I, I can't imagine my parents telling me what to do. You know what I mean? Did your parents tell you? No. But, but I was older too. Right. I mean, I was diagnosed at nine. Yeah, very, like, much very different early if I was on, diagnosed at two. Just, you know, after about a I week, mean, they were like, this is yours completely. I'm not even going to, we're not even going to mess with this. Yeah. So. It, yeah. I mean, the, the empowerment process. Yeah. And the, the kid who's like actively believing and trusting the scientific method and listening to his body and adjusting on their own. And I feel like once that's installed, that's a really scientific way of putting it. But I mean, like once that's going, mm-hmm. then, oh man, the kid's good to go. Just oh, yeah. getting to that point, I think, is camp. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that's a lot of what we do is just trying to get kids to, you know, believe that they have the tools to, to make these adjustments on their own. Right. Um, because a lot of them don't come from households where they're the ones responsible for making those adjustments. And they get here and they're, you know, looking to me and saying, you know, what what, do what, do? what, what, what dose do I give? And I'm happy to tell them, but at the same time, I want them to be a part of that process right. so they can learn how to make that adjustment on their own. Yeah. yeah. It seems like getting to the why behind the importance of that is the, is the battle. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why is it important for you to do this? And I'm sure that's a conversation that never ceases. I can, yeah. you guys probably talk about that every day, yeah. every second. Why, why, why? Pretty much. That, that's, that's the big, big thing behind everything is why we're doing these things. What, what is the importance of, of making adjustments? What's the importance of getting out and getting physical activity? What's the importance of any of that stuff? And that's, you know, most of the kids just kind of either accept it and say, okay, I'll go on with it. Or they, you know, continually challenge it. One of the two. You know, in coming home from camp this year, I took a bunch of notes, like all the things that I had witnessed and just, you know, knowing their programming and being on the board, Ryan and I, we didn't develop any of the programming by any means, but one of the things that I was thinking about coming home was, you know, what about sitting with somebody like us or you and ask us anything? So the endo's not in the room or they want to ask something more about real life, not something that's mental health trained or food or carbs. So, um, or they have a, you know, just something that they might be scared to ask about and definitely making it we're adults in this situation. We're not going to say anything that's inappropriate, but letting them know that there's a different side to the mental health or the therapy there. So you think that would be valuable or I don't even know if they'd let us do it, but um, it doesn't have to be us either. It could be more responsible. Or adults. is that already <laughs> happening in part it, it with is the to counselors? S- if they have to, oh, yeah, right. to have some degree. And, yeah. and that's, that's kind of the big thing for us. Um, and even apart from just camp, there's, I mean, JDRF has a mentorship program hmm. um, where you can sign up to be a mentor for another young person with type 1 diabetes. Um, but just specifically through our camp, I mean, that's the big thing about having counselors that, that have, have type 1. Now, not all of them do, but the majority do. And there's almost always a, at least one counselor in that cabin with type 1 diabetes. Well, that's good for parents to hear. So I didn't even know that the mentor program, I mean, I do not need to be anybody's mentor, but. We'll put a plug in the show notes. Yeah and, yeah. and so if that's something you're interested in, we'll link that up and for sure. have that available. That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think at Camp Blue Hawk, the camp we were at, uh, some of the counselors had type one, some didn't like you were talking about, but the ones who didn't were either, I think physician assistant students or they were or physician associates or, um, active like DO or MD 
yeah. students. Right. And there and were so, there were two for sure that I know that were were dietitians. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Good friends of mine. Oh, excellent. So <laughs> excellent. You, guys, you guys got to meet Natasha and Katie. <laughs> yeah. Probably. We did. Yep. yep. And and I just thought that was really valuable because I think one of the big complaints for people seeking type one diabetes assistance with physicians or anybody is that there's not an understanding. So if there were somebody who could actually like be shaped and how they're going to approach diabetes through healthcare, I thought it was cool that, you know, there were future doctors there mm-hmm. who could see what diabetes was actually like yeah, and that, have just some empathy. That, that's, that's one of my big things that I, I want to accomplish, you know, in, in my life is that I kind of changed some doctors mentalities of how, people with diabetes are viewed um, right. because in the medical profession, there's definitely a negative connotation when you hear the word diabetes, you know, regardless of how well that patient's done or anything like that. Or diabetes. Right. So <laughs> there's always some kind of a negative connotation. Every day it. in the hospital, I hear patients referred to as diabetics. Right. Like and, the diabetic in room 12. And, and, you know, granted, there are plenty of people out there that, that don't do a good job, but in some of it, sometimes they never had the opportunity. They never had education, whatever the case may be. But there doesn't need to be an automatic stamp on that person before there's any kind of a, a, a meet and greet. You know, if, if you realize a person's just, they're not on top of it, okay, fine. That's the reality for that patient. But right. it's definitely not like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to have other medical professionals, whether it's dietitians, nurses, doctors, PAs, be able to see young people with type 1 diabetes living happy and healthy and seeing the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that medical professionals don't get a lot of. Because a medical professional, whenever they see a patient with diabetes, it's most likely in the hospital. And that's when somebody's at their worst. That's a good point, too. We did have one of the, we spoke to a couple of parents as we were wrapping things up. And um, uh, it was nice to see and to hear their, um, I don't know, thankfulness, essentially, for the camp. And to see their child be around so many other people with the same thing. And, like, again, the camaraderie and... One of, I think one of the parents I was talking to said that, you know, my kid is kind of in a shell and now they're you know doing this and whatever. And so that was really exciting to see the parents witness the value in um, these kids attending. Yeah. Whenever it comes to parents, there's always, you know, one of one of two kinds of parents that, <laughs> that come to camp. The, kid, the parent that absolutely will not leave no matter what you try and do. Or the parent that just drops them off and says, all right, see ya. Um, and eventually most parents get to that, that second stage. Right. But, you know, once they, once they realize, one, that their kids, you know, love it here. Once they realize that, you know, their kids are going to be well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, it releases a lot off them because that's one thing a lot of kids, especially young kids with type 1 diabetes, don't get much of is just that normalcy at home. You know, yeah. They don't get to go to friend sleepovers and stuff like that because they don't know if that parent is going to know what to do and how to do it and when to do it and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so they know that when they're at camp, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because it's already taken care of. Is there any literature out there, I'm asking you because you're a profession, um, for what to give another parent? So if I wanted to sleep over, like... Hey, here are the signs of, or not uh, anybody would read it. My God, everybody's right. stressed about their kids. Um, but. I don't know if there is anything out there. I'm sure there probably is, but I, I can't. Think there's a handout. I can't off the, top my, off the top of my head think about anything specific, but I'm sure there definitely is. Hmm. Well, it, it seems like the freedom of going to camp unlocks the freedom at home. You know, I, I feel like it just like leads to avenues of like, oh yeah, you know, I probably don't need to be at my child's baseball practice today because he's got it under control now. And I, I probably I'm going to sleep okay tonight if my child goes to a sleepover. Right. And I feel like it just leads to much more peace of mind. Yeah. And we've, we've even had a couple of parents that were almost 
just because of the type of parents that were almost upset about that because they weren't as much a part of their child's <laughs> life. Yeah. Uh, growing you know, up, those, those kids, those kids that you know do their first pump site change at camp, that you know they've never done one on their own before. We had a kid right. the first day of camp this week, or this this past you know I guess two weeks ago, um, first day of camp, literally maybe five hours into camp, his pump site fell out. He came to the infirmary and he said, "Hey, I need to put a new pump site in." And I asked him, "Well, do you do it yourself?" He said, "No, not usually. I don't know. I've never done one before." And he literally just took it and put it in his leg, and he was good to go. Wow. So, you know, with no, with no prompting other than, do you want to do it yourself? Right. He did it by himself. Wow. So it was just one of those things where, you know, maybe his parents had always been on top of it for him, not, you know, intentionally to a detriment, but to the point that he didn't have to do much care himself. Um, and I've, I've even had one parent who was a little bit upset by the fact that, you know, her son learned how to do a pump site change all by himself and she wasn't going to be as much of a part of it anymore. She was valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Light and that's bold. definitely a thing for moms. You know, you want to. You Don't your, be calling just the moms out. You want your babies to, to, to need you, and for sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's a great moment for us as educators, and you know, as just as people with diabetes, to to see somebody have that little accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, as small as it is to put in your own pump site, it's a huge thing for someone who's never done it before. Right. It was. I, this is. I'm all over the place, but mm-hmm. there was a video, and we put it up on the Diabetes Daily Grind site of a kid. His mom videotaped him putting in his own site and he was maybe five and he was like just walking. He was just talking about it and walking through the process. It was so like, of course I teared up. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, dude. You know, he, and it's showing, I feel like that video was viral because, and showing other kids, you got this. Yeah. I mean, it was it, a two year old who tested his own blood sugar. Yeah. As simple as those things may be, they're huge empowerment moments yeah. for taking it and making it your own. Yeah, and that's the big thing with diabetes is you got to be able to take it and make it your own. You can't you can't have a family member or a friend or anything like that constantly follow you around and and, and do all this stuff for you because mm. you know you go to college eventually you 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 move out eventually all that stuff changes and you have to be the one to to be, be responsible on top of with it. it. Yeah, the the making it your own is pretty powerful because just because there's some two year old on the internet that's testing his or her blood sugar doesn't mean that your two-year-old has to be testing his or her blood sugar yet. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, it's yeah. all on Everybody's just its own, own development. Just like, you know, if, you know, such and such four-year-old's hitting the ball off a tee a lot better than your four-year-old, that's okay. Just pull him out of baseball. He's, he's clearly not going to care. Yeah, he's clearly not going to sign a minor league contract. So just <laughs> get him out of here. Cut it, yep. cut it while you got time. Put him in soccer and roll him in the Y. Let him get a trophy every time. It's over. Done. <laughs> oh. Well... All right. Anything else we want to say about camp? Um, yeah, de- details. Um, anymore, you can just Google search anything. Yeah. Diabetes Solutions, Oklahoma, Camp Andrus, A-N-D-R-E-S. E-N-D-R-E-S. E-N-D-R-E-S. Andrus. Uh, camp Blue Hawk, Facebook. I think it's probably the best oh, way yeah, to get they've in got, touch they've got a great Facebook page. Yep, so just search. Uh, you can go to facebook.com backslash Camp Blue Hawk and... All the information's right there. And I want to say, going back to Camp Blue Hawk, and um, when I said that all the campers go for free, that's they worked really hard, and that, so donations. They um, so again, go to their site, and Ryan and I, after camp, determined that ten percent of all of the advertising dollars that we pull in, um, we're going to send to that specific camp because we definitely think that that is very important. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I I just think it's it's a powerful option and a, a life changing force. 
definitely. I mean, camp, camp was was something that you know, like I said, I fought against it, but the second that I got there, I fell in love and have not had any desire not to be there. Every second that I have an opportunity since then, so that's a, definitely a powerful thing. If there's that sense of fear or being uncomfortable, that's probably uh, the compass pointing in the direction that you need to go. Absolutely, right. <laughs> that's a, well said. That's yeah, because I think if if there weren't fear. That's, that's also okay too, but yeah. Okay. I want to end on, um, if we were at cheerleading camp, we'd have a, end like a cheer mm-hmm. <laughs> where do you guys have any like s- slogan or did you guys have any camp cheers? I don't even know what they're called. Uh, we, we don't have any, um, the YMCA camp that we, that we camp at has mm-hmm. some, most of them are like prayers for meals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't songs. Have, yeah. Um, like, we yeah, burrito. Yeah. Um, we don't have any like specific camp endress like raw raw punk no, site nothing, nothing like that no <laughs> all right well that i was yeah well, maybe we need to make one up let's have a camp cheer off next year all right i'll, I'll get the kids together they're very creative i'm not i'll let them be a part of that and we can we'll record see what they one can come up with yeah that'd be record. funny we'll see what oh, they can come up with hey, for parents who are looking to enroll their kids in a camp or get this process started what time of year should they start applications um, that's most of that idea. stuff, I mean, if, if you can get in anytime, I mean, the first camp begins beginning of July or uh, sometime in, in July. So if you can get that stuff in, we accept applications literally up until the day before camp. Wow. Um, just because she is Whoa. always, anytime there's a kid that can be at camp, she's doing, she will do whatever she can to bend over backwards to make sure that kid gets to camp. Wow. Gotcha. Um, but obviously the earlier you can get it in, yeah. <laughs> that easier stuff is for her. And we're um, talking about the, the Domek family. Correct. Um, that, she, that, that's a part of it, definitely. Um, Kim Kim Wilson is actually oh, okay. the the, okay. the director of, of DSOK, um, but Sharon Domek definitely involved in 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 camp as well. Um, gotcha. So awesome. definitely a, a great great entire family to to be a part of, and I I, awesome I love people. love all of them for everything they've ever done for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's a that's a wrap. That's it. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, I guess I'll see you in a few months for our annual, for our semi-annual reunion. Thanks again, Kelly. It was a lot of of fun. A lot of fun. Always is. If you want to follow Kelly on Twitter, we'll put that in the show notes. Yep. Closing time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's our favorite time of the show. The time where we get to read the reviews. And, you know, so far we've only had one uh, zero star review. And I think that person just didn't know that they needed to click five. You know, maybe so. I really, because they didn't leave any negative comments. There's so many things that could have happened. Yeah. Maybe they thought that. It's probably my mom trying to do it. Maybe they thought one star or zero stars was the. You know, maybe that they thought that was the best way to give a compliment. <laughs> that was the highest rating. Right. But today's review is a five star. And this Yay. one actually comes from Stitcher. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Another another one of those podcatchers out there. I love it. So, yeah, if, it, if you're looking for any podcast downloader, Stitcher is also a really good option available on any kind of smartphone. Uh, but the, the rating and review comes from T1D for life. This obviously wasn't Tara. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) From the last show. (laughs) Right. All right. Five stars. And it said, this is real diabetes talk. 
Okay, and the review goes like this. They just tell it how it is, period. I liked hearing the ins and outs on how beer impacts the blood sugar. Good stuff, exclamation point. And that was actually left like a year ago, and we just saw it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if this happens to be you, okay, hit us up, shoot us an email, info at diabetesdailygrind.com, and we will send you a t-shirt. Mm. Okay. It's a heavy weight on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amber. Uh, you want to tell them a little bit about um, any kind of any kind of dollars that we make from this operation? What we're oh, doing with yeah, it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so here's what we decided after, especially um, leaving camp this year, and how valuable it is for kids to attend and to be affordable. So the Diabetes Daily Grind has decided to give 10% of all of our profits specifically to the Harold Ham Diabetes Camp, um, Camp Blue Hawk. We want to make sure that those numbers continue to grow and um, kids have a good time. Yeah, and we just believe in the power of what camp could represent. We've seen it. Yeah. And it's uh, something that could only blossom into more good things for people with diabetes. But they need your help. And we, um, as you heard earlier, and we'll put this in the show notes, or they're in the show notes, is... Um, Links to all the camps and how you can give. Yep. We'll, Support le- your own. we'll link each individual camp. And yeah. if you'd like to get involved, all of it's there. Because I know we have a, a pretty sizable Oklahoma audience. We do. So, yeah. And uh, also, uh, just a, another shout out to all the messages, all the encouragement, all of the follows, likes, mentions that we see on Instagram or Twitter, um, at Diabetes Grind. It's been a good ride. So, thank you to everybody. Absolutely. Social thank media. you. Thank you, social media. You want to close it out? Well, toast? so uh, cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Cheers. And the pumper is pumping. Beats like Wilford Brimley keeps coming in. Officer, I ain't been drinking. My blood sugar is low. Bolo some insulin just to get it all in, you know. I'm counting carbs and my calories burning. Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick Wake up tomorrow and it starts again Because I'm alive Yes, I'm alive One minor inconvenience A little thing called diabetes Is a daily grind